The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Sir. Pick some ass. Yes, sir. Okay. Oh yeah, Chris. Okay, yeah, for sure. Wait, wait. So wait, wait. Hold on. But so I, I go here. What is this? This is you. You point at each other. That's that's how that's how we do it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Have fun. Good luck. Appreciate it, man. Try that one more time. Hold yeah. Because I'm not cool anymore. Nah, you, you just like keep that. it together. You, just, you pull all three. Really appreciate it. Right. Yeah. Yep. Appreciate it. Yeah. Two of them have done this. They, they do these three and point this thing. And I, it's just not smooth. Well, the good news is none of the attendees at the scouting combine have tested positive for COVID. The bad news is there's an unexplained rash of poison ivy among those (laughs) who participated last week in the scouting combine. Good morning. Hello. (laughs) Chris is back. I'm back. We're back. And off we go. The poison ivy is gone, though. So it's as close to me. Tell me. All gone. Eyes good. Private well, areas when you are say good. all gone, you mean all, all gone. gone and all gone. All Vince gone Wilford and all gone, gone baby. Woo, all right. woo, woo. All gone. Yeah, seriously. And then, yeah, I mean, that that was that was fun. I mean, again, I don't know. That new handshake, I can't get it. I'm trying to stay cool with the young kids, man. I am. And that one just threw me for a loop. A few of them. I don't know. I'll practice it with you when you when we see each other in person. But that whole grab it and point, I don't know. That wasn't natural to me. So I need some work in that area. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not okay. cool anymore. I'm, Is it official? No. <laughs> uh, it, that's possibly true, but I'm not practicing any handshakes with you. I know that. Oh, that, of course so. you're not. Of course you're not. Yes. <laughs> you, you know what, though? You know what, though? For all the crazy crap going on in the world right now, and there's plenty of it, and we are your respite. We are your oasis from whatever may be otherwise stressing you out or bumming you out, and there's plenty out there. There is good news on the pandemic. I watched 60 Minutes last night. They are very encouraged. That Seems like it. We're 
we're we're getting there. We're and close, right? Those who have been boosted really are protected, and that the variants are getting weaker, and there aren't any new ones, and they're always on the lookout. But there's a thought that this thing may just become no different than the common cold. And at one point, it was postulated last night to an epidemiologist that the common cold started as a very serious virus like COVID, and through time, as it mutates, it weakens. And that's where we are two years later. So that was good news. I was actually happy last so, night for well, about what, 15 minutes. Yeah, for 15 minutes. The Grinch was happy. For, well, so what's it going to take? I mean, you know, I mean, as we played last week, you're never going to leave home ever again. So to, is, is it going to happen? Except to, when I do. Ex- except when you do. So is it going to take it? Like, you know, how much farther down the road here do we have to get maybe to you're at the next combine or maybe maybe even at the owners meetings? Can we do something like that? Like, what's it yeah, going to take? three weeks. Yeah. Three weeks. And the NFL has suspended all COVID protocols, so it's not like they're not going to happen. They're going to happen virtually. So we may be Monday morning, Palm Beach. At least it's in East Coast League meetings. We've done those in the past where it's Arizona, which makes it very challenging yeah. to do a show. Not that we get up at 4 a.m. local time to do it, but you have to do it the day before, and it can be cumbersome. But uh, we, we, who knows? Stay tuned. Maybe I'll be with you Whoa, in three weeks. Maybe. Assuming they – Whoa! Well, well, He's going. To, another, you're going to go to Florida too. That's even better. The capital of COVID. You're going to go down there and have fun with me. This is awesome. <laughs> well, and I definitely, I definitely won't be wearing a mask in Florida, lest I be bullied into taking it off. But I will say this. I will say this. There is another complication of which I am somewhat concerned. I've got a book coming out in eight days, and according to my wife, is going to piss a lot of people off, and a lot of those people we'll be at the league meeting oh, when well, we're there in three please, weeks. So, I mean, please come disguise. to the league meeting. Please, please do. <laughs> that would be should even better. Should I do a better. book signing at the league meeting? You, you should you hand them out. You should hand them out to specific owners and GMs and head coaches that you probably crap on. Sorry, Liverpool, in the book, and hand them out. Sign, sign copies with a little personal note. Like, hey, sorry, sorry for crapping on you. Best switches, Mike Florio. <laughs> How about you get poison ivy again and you hand them out? Okay. How about that? A double whammy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, thanks for the poison ivy. The second favorite thing I got was the book. Uh, uh, but anyway, um, it's really it, it's it's not that bad. It really isn't. It's nothing I haven't said before about the league, about general owners or several specific owners about people in it's not that bad it's just all in one place that's the thing it's not unprecedented for the most part for the things i say the opinions i express but they are all contained in one place which can make it a little jarring if you're reading it one after another after another after another but anyway i digress but it's out in eight days order it now there's a link on the right rail at pft if you want to check it out and please do okay let's get to it one guy who won't waste his time reading that crap is otherwise occupied. Should I send Aaron Rodgers? You have to. Maybe have I will. To. I don't know where to send it, though. Maybe by next Tuesday I'll know where to send it. You're Hopefully right. by next Tuesday I'll know which zip code to put at the bottom. What locker room? Now, now, Chris, th- this entire story. And you know what? I'm going to piss people off by saying this, but I don't care. I already spent the weekend doing it. This situation with Aaron Rodgers is the ultimate litmus test of those who get it and those who don't. Those who cover the NFL and truly understand how it works and those who just pass along the information that is spoon-fed to them without critically thinking about it. Because here's how it all came down Friday night. And I'll peel back the curtain a little bit. I rarely talk about 
my process, but I'll peel back the curtain a little bit because I don't think I'm going to get myself in any more trouble than I'm already in. There's a report that comes out of nowhere Friday night that Aaron Rodgers is truly torn as to what to do next year. Truly torn as to whether to leave Green Bay. That was from Ian Rappaport, who reported earlier in the week that the Packers and Rodgers' representatives are working out a short-term contract, which made it sound like Rodgers is inclined to stay. But he's truly torn as to what to do. Okay, my reaction to that was, and I was basing my reaction on Rappaport's report, it makes no sense to be truly torn if your decision is Green Bay or not Green Bay. It's not just, I'm going to play somewhere else. Hey, do I want to play with Green Bay or do I want to play somewhere else? I'm truly torn. There has to be a destination. 100%. There has to be an alternative. There has to be a Green Bay or Denver, Green Bay or Pittsburgh, Green Bay or Tennessee. That's what you're torn between. And I, I you know, I was kind of a jerk. It was just stunning Friday night. And anybody who watched PFTPM on Friday can understand why I was kind of a jerk on Friday night. But it didn't make any sense to say he's truly torn whether to stay in Green Bay. The, the, the truly torn is Green Bay or some specific team or some specific other team, or some specific other team. So I wrote that, and I expressed the point that this makes no sense to say he's truly torn without more. And after I post that story, one of the various people who read everything that pops up on PFT, who, and this is where I need to be careful, but who is in a position to know a few things intimately about what is happening with Aaron Rodgers, said, look, there's already arrangements lined up of course, with right. these other teams. Right. David Dunn, the agent who represents Aaron Rodgers, has gotten advance permission with the teams they'll trade him to, the terms they want to work out these deals. This allows the Packers to plausibly nobody, nobody say called us. We, we haven't had trade talks. Right, right. We haven't had trade talks right. because they said to Rodgers' agent, here's the teams that we'll trade him to, here's the terms we want, you figure it out, and you let your guy get back to me. And I reported that Friday night, and here comes the pushback from all the robots, all the parrots, all the people who are going to push Green Bay's talking points without understanding how it works. They've never had any trade talks. That report's false. They haven't. There's no deals. Bull crap, people. Of course. What do you think Aaron Rodgers is doing as he ruminates on what he's going to do? It's not, first I'm going to decide whether to stay, then I'm going to decide where they'll send me. Hey, Green Bay, I don't want to stay. Send me to San Francisco. Uh, yeah, right. No. Exactly. He That's knows a, yeah. where he can go. Of course. He knows what the choices are. And I'm told, I'm told, Green Bay, Denver, Pittsburgh, Tennessee. Now, Tennessee may not be middle of radar screen, but I'm told those are the places where the arrangements are made. No NFC teams, shockingly or not. And, uh, you know, Steelers fans got very excited about that. I mean, I think Denver's still in the leader house, as you yeah, would say. right. But that's where, that's where we stand. And he's got to make a decision. And the longer this takes, the more obvious it is. Because then I saw, I think it was Shefty saying, oh, once he makes a decision, things will happen quickly. Yes, because they already know where he can go. They already know where he can go. Yes. He's, he's, and it, it'll probably be leaked as he's decided to leave the Packers. Then they announce it five minutes later. And then, like, later that day, he's decided to go here. Oh, they've already worked out a deal. Hey, they've quickly worked out. The deals are already worked out what he's going to get paid what they're going to give it's all worked out and i think that's why chris we heard that there were negotiations between the packers and rogers because he knows if he stays 
what he's going to get from the Packers. If he goes to Denver, what he's going to get from the Broncos. If he goes to the Steelers, what he's going to get from them. He knows what he's going to get wherever he goes. It's all worked out. He just has, he's got a menu, folks. He's sitting at IHOP with a menu, and there's four meals on there, and he's got to pick one. That's it. That's it. So, yeah. yeah, but go ahead. Go ahead. Others who want to be in position to get the scoop and want to keep the Packers happy because this is what the Packers want people to say because they don't want to be perceived as doing anything to make this any easier. Go ahead, Shefty and everyone else. And it's not just him. It's the people who cover the Packers, too. Go ahead and create the impression that there isn't a deal already in place wherever he wants to go. And the rest of us who understand how it really works will say, of course, of course. At this point, of course, he knows what the alternatives are. Yeah, 100%. I mean, we, we discussed this last week. I mean, we discussed this last week. This is not a way Green Bay calls around the league and looks about it. It is about, no, Rodgers is the one that's driving the ship here. It's Rodgers' camp that's going to be calling around. It's Rodgers that's looking at it with his team of people to evaluate what teams that might make sense for him to play. And then they make the move from there. And then they talk to the other team, you know, that the trade might go down. And then if they get down the road there long enough, okay, now he decides he doesn't want to leave Green Bay. Okay, now that team calls Green Bay and they engage in conversations, like you said, with already a outline done as far as what was expected, what were the guidelines as far as the trade. Yes, that how, that's how it's going to go down, definitely. You know, where, 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 I wanna, where I'm interested in more, too, is just, hey, what, is he going to pull the trigger here? Does he got the guts to leave Green Bay and actually – Leave a spot that, yes, yeah, burned them a little bit, disrespect them a little bit, but it's really still a good spot. We know that a team that's going to challenge in the NFC. Is he willing to, you know, break the mold there, you know, and go to, you know, a Denver like a Peyton Manning? But just like to your point here, Mike, I mean, with Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, and I know the situation's a little different here because they weren't back to back MVPs and the writing was kind of on the wall there for them, you know, to your point. They were out there figuring out what they want to do. And I know this weren't trade opportunities, but these type of players, they make their own moves at this point. This is, this is, this is bigger than your normal transaction in the NFL. Uh, and, and the one thing, Mike, that I'll say, too, is I really only substantially hear Denver. You know, I, I, again, not to say that I know Tennessee is, might be a thing and Pittsburgh might be a thing. Yeah, I hear those rumors. But from people I know or at least trust around the situation a little bit, Denver always seems to be the team that pops up, you know, front and center as far as, like, candidate number one. And in my mind, and at least just connecting dots, I, I got to think it's right now, you know, Denver, Green Bay, and some other teams on the side kind of just hanging there lurking. But I got to think it's those two. Denver is the team that we all settled on when the fire first broke out the day of the draft right. last year. Right. When we heard, and it was our good friend Paul Allen of KFAN and the voice in the Minnesota Vikings who dropped that specific item into the punch bowl the day of the draft that there was an effort to trade Aaron Rodgers to the 49ers initiated by Rodgers and the Packers slammed the door on it that kicked into overdrive and then and then and then there was it sparked like there was one report after another after another after another and it reached this critical mass where there was a question it was real. As the draft began yeah. it was perfect for it was perfect for the NFL because as the draft began there was a question as to whether we were going to hear the commissioner walk to the podium and say there's been a trade of the Broncos' top 10 pick 
in the draft to the Packers for Aaron Rodgers. Like, that's how quickly it all accelerated. So the Broncos have been the team we've been watching. And here the Broncos are with Nathaniel Hackett, former Packers offensive coordinator, now the head coach. All the pieces in place except the quarterback. George Payton, the GM of the Broncos, telling us last week at the scouting combine, on a scale of 1 to 10, the urgency to address the quarterback position is at 10. Obviously, they're looking at Aaron Rodgers, and he would be if we have points bet odds, and if we don't, we can maybe ask for them because they've been good about that in the past where we ask for some specific prop and they'll come up with something. The Broncos have to be first. But, Chris, the Steelers fascinate me as well. I know. Because, I know. Because if I'm Rodgers, I'm probably more intrigued about playing for Pittsburgh now yeah. than playing for the Broncos. Although I don't know anybody there. Right. You know, the whole Mike Tomlin, the, the knowing looks they shared and what a great organization it is. And he walks through the door and all of a sudden they're an AFC contender. I think the Steelers are more of a contender immediately with Aaron Rodgers than the Broncos are immediately with Aaron Rodgers because the Steelers are in a better position to win their division with Aaron Rodgers. Well, sir, I mean, listen, it, it, it's Pittsburgh and Green Bay. It's the same team. I feel like they're the same version of, of each other, except one's in the AFC, one's in the NFC. You know, it's this great national following, the tradition, right? I mean, it's, it's where football started. I mean, when you think about the NFL and football, you think of the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Green Bay Packers. So from that standpoint, yes. But Mike, to me, like the the, and I'd love to see it. I really would. I would. I feel like there's actually more questions in Pittsburgh, though, as far as what might be surrounding Aaron Rodgers, than I would in Denver. You know, one, you know, hey, there is offensive line issues in Pittsburgh. We know that's got to get figured out. You know, and a system and a and a system. You know, on the offensive side of the ball, that I'm not so sure. You know, Aaron Rodgers is familiar with. So I look at those two things and go, ah, those are strike one and strike two against Pittsburgh. And as we've talked about before, I feel like Rodgers' comfort is going to be, you know, paramount to if he can make the move. And then there is in Denver, this just this guy, Nathaniel Hackett, who the last year and a half, of, all we heard about was how much Rodgers and him get along and love each other. That's all we've heard. And then you look at Denver, their offense and their team a little bit, and I think they're more well set up to, you know, propel Aaron Rodgers up to make him look like he's still, you know, the man, the myth, the legend there in Denver, too. Just with, you know, as we've talked about, it's good tight ends. It's really good receivers. They're young. He can kind of mold them. He's going to be able to teach them the system with Nathaniel Hackett. They got a good running back, you know, Javante Williams out of North Carolina. Offensive line is certainly good. Not going to say it's great, but it's better than Pittsburgh. Not quite as good as his one in Green Bay. I, I, to me, that's still the thing with Aaron Rodgers. You've said it so many times. He's a guy that needs some massaging a little bit, needs to feel like he's comfortable and being heard and all that. And that's where I just go, I don't know if I can see him going to Pittsburgh. And it's just as much as he might respect Mike Tomlin, it's Mike Tomlin's way and the Pittsburgh way. And here it is. Where in Denver, we might be able to get a little of the Aaron Rodgers Green Bay way infused with Nathaniel Hackett. And I think that's going to appeal to him a lot. We have seen Ben Roethlisberger in recent years do whatever the hell he wants at the line of scrimmage, though, and on those RPO yeah, you're plays, right. pass a lot of times when he should have handed the ball off. So there is the ability for the quarterback to kind of take charge. But it's a little clunkier than if you go to a place where a guy you've worked with exactly. is taking over and yes. putting your system in place. So right. there's wisdom to that. As it relates to the Steelers, because it's yeah. out of character for them to make a move like this. It really is. But – 
there have been some metrics that have emerged in the aftermath of the 2021 season that should be troubling to the Steelers. Local viewership down 10 percent from 2020 to 2021. Now, I know in 2020 they started 11 and 0, but still it's the Steelers. 10 percent loss in local TV. Why? I don't even for the get Steelers. That. I'm shocked. Yeah. And and no shows up 8000 on average per game where people have tickets, but they don't go. So uh, if you're the Steelers, you got to you got to think about, OK, is Mason Rudolph or Aaron Rodgers? I mean, Mason Rudolph or anybody. I, I, I hate to crap on Mason Rudolph, but come on, folks. We've seen enough from Mason Rudolph. I don't know how many different ways we can say that. But um, it, it, it would be different for the Steelers to make this kind of move. And it would be stunning it if would it be. happened. And the, the Broncos make the most sense. I, I think we all agree that the main alternative to Green Bay is Denver. But I still think you should stay in Green Bay, Chris. I, I think that if you look at all the destinations, if you just remove him from Green Bay and look at the whole league and say, where should he go? Yeah, right. Green Bay continues to scream out as the best place. They can run the division again. Yep. The Bears and the Vikings have new coaches and new general managers. The Lions are in year two of their latest reboot. The schedule, as Peter King pointed out last Tuesday, I think it was, very favorable to the Packers being good. They play all the teams of the NFC East, all the teams of the AFC East, beyond the three teams in their own division twice each. They can fatten up their record. They can be the one seed again and take another shot at getting back to the Super Bowl. And, you know, the thing I said a couple of weeks ago, if Rodgers is the one seed again with the Packers and they fail to make it, the narrative will continue to be it's the Packers' fault for not putting enough around him to get in there. If he goes somewhere else and he's the one seed and doesn't get to the Super Bowl, then all of a sudden people are going to say, oh, maybe it's him, not the Packers. Maybe he's the one who pees down his leg when, when it's time to win a game well, in the divisional round or the, or the championship. Maybe it's not the team. Maybe it's him when the full season is riding on the outcome of one game. What do you think the narrative was this year? Like, you, th- you think that was still the narrative? I mean, again, maybe you have a better ear for me, I think, than the national media at times. You listen to more. What did I you think feel it was just, like? Here we go. I think it was just here. Here go. Here here goes again. Here's the Packers again right. with Aaron Rodgers part of it. Right. I don't think it was. It's the Packers' fault or it's Aaron Rodgers' fault. Yeah. It's just, this is what the Packers do. Yeah. Right. They get the one seed and they don't make it to the Super Bowl. No, I. I you know, it, I agree with you. I agree with you. The most logical move when you look at it from a football standpoint would be to stay in Green Bay. I want to see him leave for drama purposes. I do. I, I, I don't He's know why. He's come around. Yeah. It's good for our business. I do. It's I good just want to see it. I just want to see it. I want to see what happens. I want to see the ripple effect. I want to see Aaron Rodgers in the uniform. I do. I certainly do. You know, and, and you know, with Green Bay, you're right. You're, you're going to be there. You're going to still be the, the team in the division. You know, you're still going to be one of the better teams in the conference. But also, are they going to be able to put enough on your team to get you over the hump? Or is it going to be the same thing where, you know, again, what I would say is we, we, it's a really, really good team. It's not a great team. I just don't look at Green Bay and ever think it's a great team. I think we all think it's a great team because they've had a great quarterback. And that, to me, is where it just doesn't connect all the time. You know, good team with one great player can't beat great team, you know, with a lot of great players. And that's what we've seen Green Bay struggle with when it comes to the playoffs. They just outmatched. And, I, you know, again, with their salary cap issues and some of that, I don't know how much better their team can really be. And, you know, there's some teams in the NFC that are continuing to go in the upward dir- direction right now. So I, I, I'm with you. And I, I, th- that, to me, you know, 
I, I want to think he's going to stay in Green Bay. I mean, I mean, logically. That's not what I'm rooting for. And then you hear Tennessee this weekend, which is interesting, too, just to, to bring that up. I don't know how much how interested you were there. And, and again, I haven't heard anything oh. tangible, but that's an interesting one because then you would think, oh, man, they get him, you know, Ryan Tannehill, I would think would be part of the package to go up to Green Bay, and he's going to start there. And that's what's different, at least between that and Pittsburgh and Denver, is that you're going to be swapping a quarterback there, I would think, for sure. Right. right, right. And the Titans – once the Oilers had a very stunning trade, quarterback for quarterback back in the 70s, Dan Pastorini for Ken Stable. I remember that happening when it's I was crazy. a kid. Thinking, holy crap, right, holy right. crap. I didn't know stuff like that happened. I thought guys get drafted by a team and they pretty much stay there their whole career, especially if they're quarterbacks. That's the way it was, except for the little John Unitas one year with the Chargers and Joe Namath, Joe Namath the Rams. one year with the Rams. Right. When, when, when it was clear they had nothing left, but they wanted to keep playing. As it relates to Rodgers and the Packers and the possibility of leaving, and I, I mentioned to you the notion that, that you're realizing what's good for business. The all-time biggest day in PFT history was when 10 years ago Peyton Manning picked the Broncos, and that same day the word came out that they were trading Tim Tebow. That was the ultimate double whammy. My only regret is the Broncos don't have a Tim Tebow that they could then trade to someone else because that would make – whatever day Aaron Rodgers makes his decision, possibly the biggest day in PFT history. As to the Titans, I think here's how the logic goes. Because, yeah. again, and, and I think people with the Titans would want to throw water on the idea of maybe having Rodgers. But you know, I had a conversation with someone over the weekend about that. How far along are the Titans? Well, if Aaron Rodgers shows up on your doorstep, you're yeah. far along. You, 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 answer, you open the yeah, door. No doubt. You answer and, the door. And, and, right. and, what, and, what, and the response was, well, wouldn't every team do that? Well, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. If he shows up on your doorstep right. saying, I want to be your quarterback, yes. The problem is there's only a few teams that he's where gonna he's going to potentially up. show up on your doorstep. Right, right. So if he shows up on Tennessee's doorstep and says, I want to play, of course they're going to work something out. Well, we were behind Brian Tannehill. Look, if you want to sell tickets, if you want, and this is the other thing to remember here, they're making noise about a new, new stadium. stadium. Right. What better way to deliver a new stadium than to have Aaron Rodgers for the last three or four years of his career? No doubt. And he looks like he can play guitar in a country music band. So it's perfect. <laughs> it fits just it's right. It's a ukulele, though, when he holds it. <laughs> with those giant, those giant hands, hands that are right. bigger than yours. No, I, I think you said it right. You know, I think they are content with Ryan Tannehill. And, of course, a lot of people in the you know the sports media world are – are still being pretty harsh on Ryan Tannehill because the way he played in, in the divisional game. Yeah, he played his worst game of the year and the, and the biggest game of the year. So people are critical, and they're wondering if the Titans are going to upgrade. And John Robinson made a, you know, a comment last week about you know, they might look to draft their quarterback of the future somewhere in this draft. And I think that just started more and more rumors of, ooh, maybe they're looking to replace Ryan Tannehill. But, yeah, I don't think they're like actively looking, but Rodgers – to your point and what everything we've said, this is in his court. And this is one of those where he looked at this team and said, damn, they're real good. And damn, they really kind of physically dominated the Bengals in that divisional game. And if they had me, they probably wouldn't have thrown three interceptions and they would have won. And he's looking at that from that standpoint. And even though Tennessee's probably saying, hey, we're good, they're going, well, <laughs> we're better with Aaron Rodgers. Sorry, I like Ryan Tannehill a lot, but we're better with Aaron Rodgers. And there's all the other moving parts that you explain that go along with it. It makes a lot of sense. Really, to me, out of the three teams you hear, 
I mean, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, it's going to be the most uncomfortable. You're going to go with Mike Vrabel, and he's going to give you some hard, tough looks, and he's not going to make you feel like you're the king of the world in Tennessee. But that is the team to go to if you're Aaron Rodgers. That, that, that is why I, I, I wanted to talk about it. To me, that is the team. The defense is set up. you got a running game. You know, you got a superstar receiver. They got some money to play with if they want to try to get some more offensive talent on that side of the ball, and they're really set up. And, and to me, that would be the play if he can block everything else out and make that happen. I, I really do think that would be the play. They're the Packers of the AFC. Yeah. The pretty, one seed that couldn't cash in. Pretty much. Pretty much. You're and right. The it makes sense. the reason the one seed is in the worst division. That's the key. When you're in the worst division – you put yourself in a position where you can be the one seed because you fatten up on your opponents that aren't the Chiefs, the Chargers, or the Bengals, or the Ravens, if he would go to the West or the North, respectively. I, you know, I haven't heard the Colts, but... No, we haven't heard it, right? the same reason that you, that, you, that you are making... But you know what? The, Col- what are the, Col- the Colts don't have a first-round pick to send this year. Yes, right. The Colts disqualified themselves last year by going after Carson Wentz. Yeah, and I guess, you know, again, that that would have to be figured out, too. I mean, Carson Wentz, I don't know, would he make – if they had to make a trade for quarterback to quarterback, what what's the Green Bay fan base going to feel better about, having Carson Wentz or Ryan Tannehill come to town? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, probably Ryan Tannehill, right? I mean, I guess that's how I would feel. Carson Wentz, yeah. there's more questions, yeah. certainly. If, uh, if it's Carson Wentz, I better be damn glad that that stock can't be sold. Yeah, that's that's right. That's right. But the the Tennessee one is the one that I do look at as being very interesting. And the one that, you know, kind of heard, but seems like it kind of came to the forefront, you know, Friday a little bit when when reports started coming out and you wrote your article to where I went, huh, I wonder if that's a real thing. And if that really is a real thing, that makes a lot of sense. You know, again, I look at I look at that situation in a lot of ways and go, well, I think that team's, you know, they're better than Green Bay. It's better than all those. It's just it's going to be uncomfortable a little bit. It's going to be a different way of life. But they're set up in all areas. And I don't know if Rodgers would just pull the trigger to go there or not. But, like, there's there's too many ifs with all the other ones. Well, Denver, yeah, if Nathaniel Hackett works. And, hey, they got to work on the front seven. And, you know, we'll see. And Pittsburgh, like we talked about, you know, it's the offensive line, and hey, they got some aging guys on the defensive side of the ball, and they got to re-sign Minka Patrick. There's there's more ifs. In Tennessee, I look at it and go, damn, the team's set up. They got young talent coming up the pipeline, and they got a little money to play with. And that, that to me was where, if, if I'm a quarterback in Aaron Rodgers' shoes, I'm looking at the Tennessee Titans big time. That would be the team I'd have circled on on my list. Let's completely change the perspective here because I'm reminded of the 1998 NFC Championship game back in the days when I was an ardent fan of the Vikings. If you haven't heard that yet, you're hearing it for the first time. What do you mean back in the day? You still are. What are you talking about? Trust me. Trust me. Especially, no. Although although I enjoyed Kevin O'Connell, I still wanted hardball. But I really (laughs) enjoyed talking to Kevin O'Connell last week. I was impressed with him. But back in 1998, when the Vikings were 15-1, and one, it was Randy Moss's rookie year. This is the team. This is the time. Unfinished business for all those years in the 70s when they didn't get it done. I remember when that game against the Falcons went to overtime. I was so emotionally spent that I just wanted it to be over with. I didn't care what happened. I just wanted this experience in my life to end. And I mention that because... I wonder how many people within the Packers organization 
just want this to end. Oh, my God. They know Aaron Rodgers is going to leave at some point. The whole league They know it's going to happen. Can we just get this over with? Especially, and, you know, we we said this last week, and I know people get mad at me when I point this out, but some of the things Brian Gutekunst says publicly, unless there's kind of an impish quality to it and Aaron Rodgers knows the truth and knows what's going on, there's still an element of, does Brian Gutekunst really just, at a time when it looks like Rodgers is going to stay, is he trying to, to tweak Rodgers enough so he leaves? Just to be done with it. Let me get on with this Jordan Love guy that I drafted two years ago. Trade it up to get in round one. Let's move forward. We have to move forward at some point. And if I'm, if I'm a guy who is Packers way, the way they always do things, dating back to the culture that Ron Wolf brought to the team 30 years ago, I'm uncomfortable with how much power we've given this guy. I'm uncomfortable with the fact that I had to bring back Randall Cobb last year when I didn't have him on the team for a reason. I'm uncomfortable with the fact that I got strong-armed into bringing back Tom Clements to be the quarterback's coach when he wasn't with the team for a reason. I don't like this if I'm somebody who's in a seat of power in Green Bay. Now, I don't know how many others (laughs) there feel that way, and I don't even know if Gutekunst does. But I'd like to think somebody in the organization has to be saying – Good Lord, what are we doing here? We're basically giving the keys to the franchise to this guy. At some point, just call his bluff and tell him to get the hell out if he doesn't like it here. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm sure they are thinking that. I feel like the whole league is a little exhausted by Aaron Rodgers. I'm not going to lie. When I call around and talk to people, they're all like, oh, oh Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers. It's, it's, it, I really feel like everybody's like that. Everybody. It just They're sick of talking about it. They're sick of talking about the drama there. How could Green Bay not be sick of it? How could they not? But what I will remind Green Bay, even though you are sick of it, I want to go, you made this drama, so eat it and deal with it. You did it. It's your fault. Shut up. Deal with it. I don't care. That's what I want to say to Green Bay. You know, of course they're exhausted by going to the combine and every media press conference, and they got to answer questions about Rodgers and the future of their team and where they're at and is he happy. How the hell could any GM or president of a team like to deal with that all the time? But – Again, I don't, I'm not shedding any tears. They all dried up. They all dried up. But the way they did Jordan Love and not even warning Rodgers and everything that way, again, they made this bed so they can sleep in it and deal with it, and you're not going to see any tears from the PFT crew over here. Hey, speaking of drafting Jordan Love without warning Aaron Rodgers, I do have to mention something here. We started the segment with a reference to my book, Playmakers. I want to close the segment by pointing out something that – was in the book, still is in the book, hasn't been removed from the book. But Sean Payton actually spoke publicly about it to GQ, and we wrote about it on Friday afternoon. When they drafted Marshawn Lattimore in 2017, they had their eyes on Patrick Mahomes. Sean Payton loved Patrick Mahomes. Number one player on their board. Exciting quarterback prospect he'd ever seen. They worked him out privately. Now, he doesn't go all the way to GQ and say we were definitely taking Mahomes if he was there at 11. I think they were definitely taking Mahomes. I think so, too. Everybody you talk to would think that. Yes, right. So here's the twist that we have in Playmakers, but Peyton told GQ about it on Friday. As they're in the draft room, it just so happens Drew Brees is in the building with some of his buddies. Right. Showing them a facility, right? Like kind of showing, showing them around. around like, hey, showing look, here's – yeah, right, right. And, and they're like, oh, crap. And, and Drew walks into the draft room. <laughs> right. And they're like, oh, crap. We may be taking a quarterback while Drew is here with his friends. So, And, and it just shows you not every team – 
is going to share those plans, even right. with a Drew Brees, even right. with a franchise quarterback. You're not going to tell them that you're planning to do this. And I think part of it, too, was that Sean Payton and company in New Orleans were so intent on keeping their They're secret keeping it quiet, secret. no doubt. Yes. No doubt. That that's why you don't tell him. Right. But they had, to go, they had to go tell him real quickly that there may be a quarterback taken with the 11th overall pick in the draft. So that was an unexpected curveball. Amazing. For the and then Saints Andy Reid called, de- called and saved the day for Drew. He didn't have to deal with that maybe, crap. Maybe, maybe Drew texted Andy Reid and said, yeah, hey. Yeah, hey. Hey, rumor, <laughs> has it, rumor has it the Saints are hot on Mahomes. You better move up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, but, but that look, they, they, one of the problems between Rodgers and the Packers, they had no, what's the word? Bedside manner. Yeah. with Rodgers when the time came to take Jordan Love. It stunned the hell out of him. That, that, that was the thing that yeah. started all this two years ago. Right. And, that's the th- and, and I think the other side of it, too, is there's a shelf life on how long this drama can last. I think it's one of the reasons why Russell Wilson's instincts have caused him to pull it back dramatically. You can't have year after year after year of offseason quarterback drama. It's got to happen. If the, if the drama's there, it's got to happen or it's got to be put to bed for good. And I think that's the end result here. If he stays in Green Bay, it can't be for one more year. Yeah, it's got to be, be yeah, a I'm retirement here. contract, right. and this is over, this is done, he's never leaving the Packers. Agreed Agreed with you there. This is one where if he makes the decision to go back to Green Bay, it's got to be final, and that's it. Stop putting the organization through this. You know, Don't put yourself through it. You know, give them the commitment. You're going to be there so they can build the team appropriately around you that way, too. Uh, But, yeah, I I would think, you know, I would hopefully that would be the case once he decides to come back. He's kind of come to the terms that, okay, Green Bay is my place. I'm here until the end of my career. And they'll have to figure out what to do with Jordan Love, of course, uh, you know, as far as that's concerned, too. So we'll see where that goes. But I got to think we're getting to the end here. I got to think where we're getting to end. And. I still based think, on everything he's said, we have to be getting to the we end. Gotta based be getting on everything to the end. he's said, right? And we're there. Based on everything Russell Wilson did not say, I still. I mean, as we've seen this weekend, he's available. Teams are calling. There, he wants. He's he wants to flirt with teams. If the right situation presents itself, I really think he's going to put the pressure on the Seahawks and go make it happen. Trade me. I want to go here. I mean, teams are calling. As we know, we see picks are being offered to the Seattle Seahawks for Russell Wilson. So this is another thing to watch out for with this Rodgers thing. i got to think well, both of these things might happen here if they do happen in the next week. Let's put a pin in that one because it's actually on the rundown for our next segment. Ah, I didn't even check that out. the news that emerged on Friday. <laughs> of course you didn't. Well, the news that emerged on Friday regarding a potential suitor for Russell Wilson who was rebuffed. But as Seahawks fans don't want us to say, it doesn't mean there won't be other suitors. For Russell Wilson. Also in the next segment, Lamar Jackson. The story that percolated last week, it's been there for a while. Why won't he engage the Ravens in a long-term contract negotiation? Is it strategic or is it misguided? We'll discuss that when PFT Live continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, The threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, 
the Marines. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Have you started thinking about changing like that up yet? Yeah, yeah, this year. This year, you know, it's my fifth year going, going to be in the league. This is about to be your fifth year? Yeah, it's going to be my fifth what year. What you want to change? Um, my approach, you know, my approach, my mindset, you know, um, just a lot mature. I felt like I was a little immature, not in a bad way, but just like... You was young. Younger. Yeah, you are young, yeah. That's Lamar Jackson from the latest episode of The Shop. I love The Shop. The Shop has migrated from HBO to YouTube, so anyone can watch it now completely free. It's awesome. Watched the whole episode once I caught wind of the fact that Lamar Jackson was on it, which made me aware of it, which now I plan to watch The Shop every time there's a new episode on YouTube. But, uh, look, this issue with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, last year – the Ravens were very quiet about their frustration that Lamar Jackson, who is not represented by an agent, would not engage them in talks, Chris, on a long-term deal. Last week, we heard from Ravens GM Eric DaCosta, who said at the Combine, words to the effect that they're waiting for him. We will work at Lamar's <clears throat> urgency toward getting a long-term deal in place. And I remember week one of last year, Shefty reported that Lamar is too immersed in football to negotiate his contract. Well, that's all the more reason to have an agent, as we've said before. If you're too busy to take care of the things you have to take care of around the house, you hire someone to take care of those things. That's why people are out there to provide those services so you can focus on things that are a bigger priority to you, period. Beyond that, though, beyond that, the decision to not engage the Ravens. Now, now, this is either a mistake or Jackson is cracking the code. And the code's already been cracked by Kirk Cousins. But Jackson may be deliberately holding off the Ravens because he wants to go five years on his rookie deal and make $23 million this year for his fifth-year option based upon his achievements so far in his career. It's now... It's now based on Pro Bowls and other awards and whatnot to determine how much you get in your fifth-year option. So he's getting more than any other quarterback, $23 million for his fifth-year option. Next year, franchise tag in the range of 30 to $35 million. Year after that, 20% raise over the first-year franchise tag. And then we get to 2025, free and clear. There's no way they're going to keep him. It'd be a 44% raise over his second franchise tag. That's the Kirk Cousins scenario where there's no way they can tag you again You become a free agent. You go wherever you want for however much money you can make. Some think that's what he's trying to do. Well, okay, fine. But you got to get through three more seasons of football. 
And you're already starting to show some signs that that very bruising physical style of football that the Ravens have you play is catching up to you. That's the concern here. If it's a pure drop-back passer, you can get seven years in one place and then go somewhere else and not worry about it. 28 years old, entering your prime, perfectly healthy, here we go. For Lamar Jackson, the way they use him, it's kind of like a running back at times. I'm not saying he should play running back. I'm saying we, we all know the way they run their offense. It's a different brand it's of style physical. of football, right? It's a, and, no quarterback he, in football plays that way. Exactly. Yes. And after seven years, there may, there may be no tread on the tires. Exactly. That, that's the, the, the risk of not taking the deal and not engaging the Ravens to see what kind of a deal they would put on the table for you now. I, I know. I mean, yes, it's a risky brand of football, which he plays. That's why we, we're rooting for Lamar Jackson. You know, and we play that clip there from the shop, and you talk about being more mature. And, hey, part of that would be, hey, let's be more mature and engage in, in contract talks. You know, I, I can't – I don't think this is next-level play. I don't think so. I mean, again, I, Lamar Jackson, I know he's a very smart indiv- individual, but when it comes to stuff like this, this seems par for the course. I mean, this like we talked a little bit about this last week, coming out in the draft, whatever. You know, it's hard to get in contact with Lamar Jackson and his camp. So that's where I look at it. And, yeah, maybe he can maximize dollars by playing the fifth-year option and the franchise tag and then go from there. But, you know, as you said, too, it's just tremendous risk factor there. And that doesn't necessarily mean you capitalize on the most money. It doesn't. That's the other thing, too. You know, he signed a new contract now. Maybe three years down the road they need to reorganize things and they give you a new contract or give you a big signing bonus, whatever. You know, you, you, there's like no guarantees. Flacco. Exactly. Like they did with Flacco. He exactly. got a new deal three years later. That's what I mean. So you don't know how it plays out anyways. Or maybe you get a three- or four-year contract right now, and you get to go back to the table like a Dak Prescott's going to win a few years ago, and you're a huge fan of that because it's an amazing contract, right? So that's where I don't get it. You know, and, and to me, you know, that seems to be the word everybody loves Lamar Jackson in Baltimore from everybody I talk to. They love him. He's the man. Of course he is. I mean, and he's electric, he's a leader, he's all that. But this stuff right here, whether it's getting the contract situation figured out, and not only for yourself, because me and Florio, we're rooting for you, Lamar Jackson, and we want you to protect yourself. But again, just like we talk with some of these free agent quarterbacks, get it figured out so your damn team can figure themselves out and build the team the right way around you. That's the other thing where you're handicapping the situation to a degree. You know, they, they, they can't appropriate build the right way. It's like back to the Nick Casario conversation we had with the Houston Texans. It's like we got bucket over here for the quarterback and bucket for the rest of the team. Well, we can't figure out the rest of the team until the bucket with the quarterback's figured out yet. And that, that's really where, you know, I'd like to see that improve, and, and hopefully they can get down the road there a little bit. But between that, you know, and I know he was sick a bunch of times this year, right? You know, there, there's, I think, the, the thought there that he needs to just take care of himself a little bit better, be healthy, healthier, eating, all of those type of things. You know, those are the kind of only complaints you hear about Lamar in Baltimore. It's just that stuff right there. And even if he is strategically waiting three more years, what he makes over the next three years isn't going to be what he would make if right. he had the contract that he could get. Right. Going back to last year, fourth year of the slotted deal for the 32nd overall pick in the draft he could have replaced that with a gigantic payday if he'd simply gone into the costa's office with the josh allen contract as i've said many times before once i saw the details of the josh allen deal yeah I said, you hey, said take it player right take it and say here 
Can we cross out Buffalo Bills and put in Baltimore Ravens? Yeah. Can we cross out Lamar Jackson and, or Josh Allen and put in Lamar Jackson? Can we do that, please? That's it. And, and oh, by the way, by the way, if we don't, I'm not playing. I'm not playing until we do this. What, what would they have done? What would they have done if he had said that? Here's the deal. It was good enough for Josh Allen. He hasn't won NFL MVP. I have. We were drafted the same damn year. He's made a hell of a lot more money than me because he was drafted higher. And one of the reasons he was drafted so much higher, there wasn't an agent to both push Lamar Jackson and protect Lamar Jackson in the 2018 draft run-up. And that's a real dynamic. You need somebody not just just pushing you in a positive way, but fighting against all the negative crap that's out there. It's one of the reasons he was available at number 32. He didn't have an advocate. Right. In that arena. Right. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I, I, I didn't want to cut you off. I just want to add it to that, and it just it scares teams. They're like, damn, I don't know what to expect with this guy. I don't I mean, what are we going to be dealing with him, his mom? I don't understand what, what's going on here. Teams are just like, hey, the hell with that. That that affected it. You're you're totally right. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just wanted to add no, that. No, 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 no. But it's, yeah. it's, it's, we're, yeah. we're just talking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, when you know there's an agent, it's one of the top quarterback agents, and I'm not going to start listing them because I'll leave one out, and then that person will blow up my phone saying, why didn't you mention me too? And, yes, that's how <laughs> they are. But um, and, and, you know, he's in a point now. He's in a point now where if he wanted to, he could hire any agent that he wants. They'll line up to represent Lamar Jackson. So – what I suggested yesterday, why not contact five of them and say, we're going to have some meetings? Yeah. We, we're we're going to go to a conference room at a hotel near where I live, and we're going to sit in there one after another, and we're going to talk, and you're going to make your pitch to me. And you know what? Along the way, maybe he can pick their brains, even if he chooses not to hire any of them. He can maybe bounce off of them this strategy, if it is a strategy, to go one year at a time and become a free agent. Because the thing is, and every player's got the right to represent himself, but we've got the right to advise him that it's not a great idea, especially when you're a high-end quarterback who plays the position in a very physical style that is putting you at greater risk than you otherwise would be if you were a traditional drop-back passer. There's a greater physical risk. It's a given. I, I, I think that it would be odd, to say the least, that – no other agent has advocated this kind of approach with a first-round draft pick at quarterback, and the approach being don't engage the team at all. Never seen it. I, like, like if, if, if this works, then maybe Lamar, agent should just, uh, Lamar Jackson should just be an agent because he's, he's figured out the right way to do it. No, no, this isn't the right way to do it because you are taking too much of a risk. That's what the agent does. The agent, the good agent, because I know there's plenty of bad agents, the good agent looks at the player's overall risk profile and will give advice as if that player was the agent's son right and say look we we can't we can't <clears throat> take this risk i can't let you take this risk and it very well may work out for lamar jackson but that doesn't mean it was the right thing to do that's right the right thing to do is engage the ravens and get their best deal and at some point chris the ravens are going to protect themselves whether it's and, and and it'll be interesting to see what they do with tyler huntley He's an exclusive rights free agent because he was undrafted in 2020. Now, of course, exclusive rights free agent means not a free agent at all. He just doesn't have a contract for this year. But he's got no way to even begin to entertain offers from another team. But if they do anything more than just sign him to the exclusive rights free agency tender, if they sign him to a multi-year deal that pays him dramatically more than he's going to make, not anywhere close to market value, obviously, right, right. but dramatically more, that's a signal that, that they're going to have plan B ready because they don't know what they're going to get from plan A. They got to be ready to pivot to Tyler Huntley 
if Jackson isn't going to engage them. Well, I would think they're going to give Tyler Huntley, yeah, some good some good money to secure their team. You know, as we've talked about before, they need that type of quarterback, right? I mean, he's got a good passer. We saw that. Got the ability to run. They don't have to change their offensive game plan a whole lot when he's in there. So that makes a lot of sense. Let alone, I think him and Lamar are close. You know, but you know, again, it's just, it's 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 very weird. Never seen anything like this. Never seen this with a franchise quarterback. Really. If he was if he was represented by a, one of the top quarterback agents, he'd have a new contract by now. He would have got it last year, like you said. Any legit top quarterback agent would have looked at Lamar and said, "Hey, dude, I mean, you're you're doing cartwheels and flipping over people and stiff arming people and throwing the ball with people hanging. Around. We got to get you a new contract. You know, one guy falls on your ankle the wrong way." You, yeah, not only a sprain, it could get worse. We don't know. We saw you missed the end of the year last year down the playoff run. So, you're, I mean, what I want to say to Lamar, Lamar Jackson is just like, you're way behind on the money already. Way behind. What did you say he made last year, Mike? What was the total compensation this past season? It, it, it was the, the, the fourth year yeah, of the whatever that was. second pick in the draft. It's not much. It's right. Not much. So, even when you add that with the $23 million he's going to make this year, I want to go... You're 30, 40 million behind, at least. Total compensation for what you could have had if you had a new contract. Let alone, to your point, Mike, people would be, will knock down doors to represent Lamar Jackson to the point to where he could probably get the agents to take less than the 3% that's mandated by the NFLPA. He could probably get some of these agents to go, take 1.5% and I'll let you do my contract. He's gotten to that level. It's that kind of money. He's that kind of star that he can pull those kind of strings. And uh, I just hope he does it. I really do. It's, it's, it's very odd. It really is right now. I, I'm, I'm looking now at what his salary was last year. It was under $5 million. It may have been under $2 million. But, again, that's what you get when you are the 32nd pick in the draft. Your fourth-year salary is not going to be all that great. The good news for him, the CBA revision from 2020 put him in a position to make a lot more in his fifth-year option. But still, he'd be making a lot more if, plain and simple, give me the Josh Allen contract as of last year, or I'm not playing until I get it. And that's that. And I think they would have given it to him if it was presented in that way. Here's what I hope. I hope LeBron James pulled him aside after they shot the shop. I mean, LeBron James seems to be extremely no savvy question. in business matters. No question. And he has done a great job building an empire for himself. I, I think it, to the extent that Lamar Jackson idolizes LeBron James, and that came through in the show, hopefully – Someone like LeBron James can say to Lamar Jackson, "You, you, here, you need to take care of yourself. Yeah, yeah, you got to do this. You are not taking care of yourself by right. rolling the dice with your career. Yeah. It's not smart. It's not prudent. It's not wise. You want to be a billionaire? That's one of the comments he said. He wants to be a billionaire and a champion. This is not billionaire business moves. Billionaire business move is give me Josh Allen's contract or I'm not playing. That's the billionaire boss move. This." refusal to engage the Ravens. They don't even know what he don't even know what they'll put on the table yeah. if you don't talk to them. Right. What 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 if they would pay you more than Josh Allen? If you're not going to talk to them, they they're never going to know. All right. Um you mentioned Russell Wilson earlier. The yeah. report came out late Friday afternoon that the Washington Commanders who have called every team in the NFL looking for a potential quarterback Aggressive. better than the ones they have. If you're Taylor Heineke, you got to be thinking, man, 
Really? <laughs> I mean, you're calling every single team. You're calling the Steelers, too, for Mason Rudolph or Dwayne ha- – well, not Dwayne Haskins. you call calling the Steelers for Mason Rudolph instead of me? Really? <laughs> but um, They might have not made that call. <laughs> well, every team. Reportedly, oh, yeah. John Kahn of ESPN says they called every team, even though the Packers said no one called. Okay. Uh, regardless, we know they called Seattle because NFL Network reported on Friday that the commanders made a strong offer that included multiple first-round picks. Now, that doesn't tell us exactly what the offer was. Of course, there's going to be multiple first-round picks for Russell Wilson. But multiple means at least two. Yeah. Two, three, four, I don't know. More than one. No crap. Strong offer. Tell me more. Right? And here's the one thing that was never even mentioned in the report from NFL Network. And I think that, that it was glaring that they don't point this out. Russell Wilson's got no trade clause. Right. So we don't know whether it was the Seahawks who said that's not enough or it was Russell who said, I don't want to play for the Washington Commanders. We don't know that. All we know is the Seahawks said no. We don't know why they said no or how they said no. And, I, Chris, I just think that this was and, – and, and, again, here's where the Seahawks fans and the media who cover the Seahawks who confuse themselves as fans from time to time. And that happens for every – press corps for every team this is where they get pissy about it but let's 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 apply common sense Pete Carroll didn't say on Wednesday we are not trading Russell Wilson under any set of circumstances just no intention intention we have no intention which means go ahead and try to change our mind oh and Washington did but it wasn't enough and now and now someone's making us aware of it Chris who's making us aware of it the Seahawks or Washington who's making us aware of it uh, the report doesn't say, and I know we don't want to outsource it, and it's bad form to guess at sources, and I'm not guessing. I'm just saying it either came from Seattle or it came from Washington. Somebody's got a motivation to get this out there, and it's not ludicrous to think that the Seahawks aren't trying to prime the pump. They get both someone. Of them. Yeah, both of them. I can for see it, whom but yeah, right. Russell Wilson would play to make either the same offer or a better offer. This isn't over. Russell's not agitating like he was last year, right? but this isn't is not over. over. Yes, that, that's what I was trying to say in segment one. You know, yeah, he's not talking as much behind the scenes, but this is still a real thing. Russell Wilson is available to be had. You got to just trust me and Mike. He's available to be had. It's going to take the right offer. I don't know what that is. And you're right. It really probably benefits both teams by that information getting out. I don't know where it came from either. It benefits Seattle. Of course, it drives up the market. Now you know everybody, hey, it's, he's, teams are calling. It, it makes the commanders and their organization look good because, hey, look, we're trying to make moves to get a franchise quarterback. You know, again, Washington has not been, you know, bashful about their intentions. Even when you talk to people within the Washington organization, you know, at the combine, they're not bashful. They talk about it and tell you, we want a quarterback. We're looking for a quarterback. <clears throat> That's priority number one for their football team. It makes sense. It does. You know, now what do they offer? I don't know. You know, like it seems to be the logic around the league. Rodgers, Russell Wilson is going to take something in the ballpark of two ones and a number two, you know, somewhere along those lines. And, you know, again, I don't know what was offered, and maybe we'll figure that out here in the next few days. But, you know, something something was not right. Whether it was Russell, like you said, or Seattle said that's not enough, I don't know. But I think it's just a sign to go, wait, Washington didn't make this offer just because they thought there was absolutely no chance to get Russell Wilson. They were like, hey, guys, there's no chance you can get him. Hey, how about we offer you this? 
Hey, there's no chance. No, they have been led to believe that this is there to be had. And again, it goes back to our Aaron Rodgers conversation. Russell Wilson and his camp have gotten the word out there that he's there to be had at certain places. I am sure. And this is where the teams are going to call now. And so we'll see where this goes. But like you said, this is not this is not a shut door deal yet. This is still has a lot of life left in it, I think. Let's not forget the broader context and apply some common sense to it. The Seahawks are a year away from getting squeezed by exactly. Russell Wilson's right. agent, Mark Rogers, who has one client in the NFL. He is the Tom Hagen of NFL agents. Therefore, he has no broader concerns. You know, if I play hardball with the Seahawks on Russell Wilson, it's going to screw up my interest for this client or it's going to screw this up. It's going to undermine this relationship. He He's in the perfect position to represent a franchise quarterback because he's got no other ties, no other tentacles, no other concerns other than taking care of Russell Wilson. And we've seen it every time Russell Wilson gets to a point where he's got a year left on his contract. Mark Rogers hits a home run on Russell Wilson's behalf. He gets him a great contract and the Seahawks know they're a year away from that. They're a year away from having to pay Russell Wilson 50 million a year. And where is Russell Wilson right now? We don't know. His numbers at the end of the year weren't horrible, but we've noticed it. He doesn't run like he used to. And that finger injury messed him up. Where does he rank in the pantheon of franchise quarterbacks yeah. right now? He's I, slipping real relative question. to some of these younger guys. Agreed. So, Agreed. So bottom line is, bottom line is, if you're facing the prospect that next year he's going to want so much money that you're just going to want to trade him, why not trade him now? Why yeah. not be done with it right. now? Because maybe you can get more now. Because what if one more year causes teams to say, you know what, this guy isn't what he used to be. Yeah. We may be better off with a younger option at quarterback. That that all makes 100% sense like to me. I mean, that's that's I feel like you're explaining it. That's what I'm trying to say, all of that. It makes sense. My only thing I go, wait, maybe it doesn't make sense, is this one little thing where I just go, Maybe Pete Carroll and John Schneider know they're coming down the home stretch here and they just don't want to flip the team over and have to deal with the new quarter. Maybe they're just going, you know, we only got three or four more years here. We're going down with Russell Wilson and going to try to build the team around it now. That would be the only thing that I would think it was a hiccup in this situation. You know, if this situation was the same and it was five years ago and Pete Carroll could look at it and go, oh, I got eight or ten years left, I really think it would happen. But to me, that would be the, the one hiccup that maybe makes this not happen is because, yeah, does Pete Carroll really want to rebuild completely and start over with a whole new quarterback? Then he should have said last Wednesday, we are not trading Russell Wilson under any set of circumstances. Yeah, but he you're said, right. You're right. No intention, which at least puts them in a position where they can make an intelligent decision about what they could have if they choose to move forward. They're engaging um, to tie the two themes of this segment together. Lamar Jackson refuses to engage the Ravens. The Seahawks are engaging the rest of the league to see what may be out there for Russell Wilson. They can say no, but just the fact that they say no doesn't mean that they weren't interested in finding out what was behind door number two. And uh, it's, it's, we're not saying he's going to get traded, but we think it would be foolish to say there's no way he's going to be traded because if that was the case, Pete Carroll would have said that last week. Let's take a break. Last week was the scouting combine. It's now over. It's done. We're going to recap some of the best performances from the Underwear Olympics when PFT Live continues right after this. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. 
with semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch. It's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.